The test of the morality of a society is what it does for its children. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. This is Ground Truthing, a Westchester Children's Association podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of Ground Truthing, a Westchester Children's Association podcast where we offer policy insights from the ground up. I am your host, Erica Ayala. Ground Truthing is a monthly podcast that features Westchester educators, advocates, parents, business leaders, and more about the best policies and practices for children and families in the county. We aim to uplift the voices of passionate people like you as we make manifest our vision that every child is healthy, safe, and prepared for life's challenges. We are joined by two guests, Nicholas Kristoff and Executive Director at Westchester Children's Association, Allison Lake. Nicholas Kristoff has been a columnist for the New York Times since 2001. He was a longtime foreign correspondent for the publication and has lived on four continents and traveled to more than 150 countries before settling here in Westchester County, New York. He is married to Cheryl Wudun. The couple have written several books together and have raised three children, Gregory, Jeffrey, and Caroline. Over his career, Kristoff has won two Pulitzer Prizes, along with many humanitarian awards. This year, he will receive the Edith C. Macy Award for Distinguished Service at Westchester Children's Association's Spring Benefit. Ahead of our May 21st event honoring Kristoff, he sat down with Allison Lake and me to chat about his work, various policy issues impacting Westchester County, and the relationship between advocacy and and journalism. Throughout the episode, we referred to Kristoff's March 16th column in the New York Times on young chess champion Tani Tuola Adewumi. The piece was entitled, This Eight-Year-Old Chess Champion Will Make You Smile, with the subheading reading, Overcoming Life's Basic Truth. Talent is universal, but opportunity is not. Tani's story reached many people via the New York Times and several other outlets that followed up on Kristoff's reporting. Today, Tani and his family live in a two-bedroom apartment that was gifted rent-free for a year and received over $200,000 raised by strangers via GoFundMe. In our conversation, Allison and Nicholas emphasize there is much more to Tani's story than just his family being homeless or them being refugees, or even the generosity of many that helped them eventually find a home. The two discuss our societal defaults to rally behind one spectacular story while ignoring the decaying infrastructures that create child homelessness and other social and economic issues. Really excited to bring you this conversation with Allison Lake and Nicholas Kristoff. Nicholas, thank you for having us. Great to be with you. And we also have Executive Director of the Westchester Children Association, Allison Lake, joining us. Thank you. Might recognize that voice from the intro. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's been a while, but uh, I'm here. Excited to be on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you both. As always with Ground Truth, we want to focus on a few policy issues and see how they relate to the work and lives of those in Westchester County. So Nicholas, we'll start with you. For those who may not know, you're 
a writer. You write with a, a publication, uh, the New York Times. I'm sure many have heard of it. <laughs> That's right. Often curse it, perhaps, but uh, it's around. And so we'll start there with your work. For those who maybe aren't familiar or just generally, how would you describe the type of writing and reporting that you do for the New York Times? So I do a lot of social justice-related reporting, both internationally and at home. Uh, Much of my career was actually as a foreign correspondent, mostly in Asia. But um, in recent years, I've also done a lot about inequities in the U.S. uh, And much of that is focused on kids simply because there's pretty good evidence that that's where you have the greatest leverage to change outcomes. Yes, absolutely. And Allison, I'll jump to you on that. That's certainly a belief that Westchester Children's Association holds. I think absolutely. As uh, Westchester County's Children's Advocacy Organization at WCA, as we say, for Westchester Children's Association, we are often working to keep children's issues at the top of the public agenda. And we say that if we can invest in kids and get them off to a good start, it's really the biggest bang for our dollar moving forward. And I think that you're absolutely right in terms of looking globally or nationally or locally here um, in Westchester County, we know that there are children that have what they need, have family supports and resources, and then there are other um, children and young people that really count on all of us, the voting public and adults, to ensure that they get what they need. And that leads me to some work that you did just last month, Nicholas, on a young chess champion, uh, Tani Tuluwa Adewumi. Did I get that correct? Uh, yeah, Adewumi. Adewumi, <laughs> excellent. Um, so Tani, as he's known for short, how did the sto- how did Tani's story get on your radar? So about uh, oh seven eight years ago, I'd written about a chess program in Brooklyn that was aiming to get at-risk kids, uh, you know, keep them in school, uh, get them engaged. And uh, then the principal of that school uh, reached out to me and said, by the way, you know, a homeless kid just won the New York State Chess Championship. And so I thought, wow. So uh, then I I connected with the school and the family. And uh, it I mean, it really was an extraordinary story, this uh, Nigerian refugee child, Tani, who had only learned chess a year earlier, um, just turned out to be something of a chess prodigy. And he uh, then had just won the state championship for his age group. I think one of the things that also moved me was one of the challenges as a writer is that people always want to help the individual that I write about, but they don't want to help the class of people that I'm writing about. Uh, they don't you know, want to address the policy challenges. And uh, so after my uh, column, so people very much wanted to help the family. They gave them a new, uh, new home, a new car, and raised I know, about a quarter million dollars for the family. And the family said, look, we'll be fine. We want to use this money to help other kids who were in the situation uh, as we were. And so from my point of view, that was just fantastic that the uh, that this story was able to galvanize people to provide money that ended up uh, supporting a broad class of kids that needed help. 
That's right. And in that story, uh, the follow up to that story, you asked, actually asked Tani, you know, about his thoughts about the money. It was over $200,000 raised by GoFundMe. So a very modern way of raising right. money and reaching people because of uh, arguably your story and you, you adding that into the original story. Um, but when you asked Tani, he said, I want to help other kids. I don't mind. And I think that goes to what you were talking about, about works sometimes of literature or stories that we see, they become this one success story. And there's power in one person's individual story. But when trying to uplift that, Allison, as an advocate, um, I would imagine that it's sometimes hard to get people from one story to all of the stories. Right. I mean, and I love the story because to me, it showed the example of we don't know where the next chess master is going to come. We don't know where the next president is coming. We don't know where the next CEO is going to come from. Um, And so that's why it's really important to give all kids what they need when they need it. And at Westchester Children's Association, that's what we try to do by advocating at the county, state, and sometimes even federal level for those programs, supports, and budgets that can fund an after-school chess program or fund some STEM work for a young person because we don't know. Um, We used to say at WCA that all two-year-olds are geniuses, right, if they have what they need. And so I think it does speak to the point of it's important for all of us to support young people and to give them what they need, particularly in a county like Westchester that is so diverse and you have real um, wealth in this county, but you also have real need. And when neighbors rally, as they do very much to your point, Erica, if there's a family in need, we rally for our neighbors. But at WCA, we're trying to say we need to rally for all kids because we really don't know where the next star is going to come from. That's right. And again, that's the story that came out March 16th. This eight-year-old chess champion will make you smile. But again, the deck for that story um, or the subtitle, Overcoming Life's Basic Truth, Talent is Universal, but Opportunity is not and it's really great it's great kind of anthem for our age right (laughs) right and you know i I do um it's sometimes writers will say things as and i don't know how um true this might be for you nicholas but sometimes you you don't always get the opportunity to necessarily put forth a title for a piece of work as you would like it to go and sometimes things change but that deck in particular really does come from something that you wrote in the piece and i just want to take a minute to read it and then get you both to react but you write we would never build a bridge or subway with volunteers or donations so why entrust an even more urgent cause homeless children to charity tani thrived because everything fell into place a good school a dedicated chess teacher and devoted parents committed to taking their son to every chess practice. The challenge is to replicate that supportive environment for all the other Tanis out there with public services and private philanthropy alike. So Allison, to you, mm-hmm. again, that seems like it's almost, it's exactly yes. the challenge as an executive director. Absolutely. To get people to invest, as we were talking earlier, in children, in families, and if we can get them to do it earlier in life, we know we have greater success. Uh, One of the programs that we have certainly advocated for at WCA, and I know, Nicholas, you have written about it as a best practice, are home visiting 
where you bring professionals or paraprofessionals into the homes of young um, families to help them in terms of the social emotional supports that you know you need when you have a young baby at home, some of the health needs of, of a child, even going to sort of early literacy that so that kids are showing up at kindergarten ready to learn. Um, these programs, Home Visiting, have shown real evidence that in supporting the family, and it's often, you know, starting with the, the parents. If the parents are on solid footing, more likely their child will be later on in life. And so I do think it's important that we understand when we're investing in children and families, we're really investing in the future for all of us. And I think that's why it's so important to have a voice like yours, Nicholas, to be able to share these through an opinion column at a place like the New York Times, because you help um, sometimes the work that's happening in home visiting and homelessness, certainly in New York State and, and even in a place like Westchester, come to light for some people that maybe aren't living that. But I'm curious... You know, from a, a writing perspective, you're not always sure how your work is going to be perceived. So what perhaps is um, the gift, but some of the challenges that come along with being able to have a successful story of someone like Tani, but also trying to move the needle forward in, again, the, the, the policies and the systemic pieces of his story? So Tani's story was unusual in that he was a great success, and it was inspiring and positive. And so that piece had huge readership. The big challenge is that there is not a lot of reader interest in um, stories about kids who remain homeless uh, or kids who were trafficked or kids who are exposed to uh, lead or, I mean, all the other myriad challenges around the country. Uh, and so my challenge as a journalist is that, you know, um, you know, I can, I can just about hit my F6 key and turn out a column about President Trump that will be very, very widely read. Uh, but a piece about any of these social issues, uh, people left behind, uh, will be read by dramatically fewer. My readership plunges when I write uh, those stories. And so, uh, you know, that's why television doesn't cover these issues. Uh, that's why every evening, whether it's CNN or MSNBC or Fox, it's uh, largely focused on President Trump, for example, because that drives audiences. And homelessness, poverty, educational disparities don't. And when these issues are not on the radar, they don't get addressed. And so that is kind of the, I think that's one reason why we have this broader uh, neglect in this country that uh, politicians neglect these issues because uh, journalists neglect them because the public neglects them. And it's a cycle that is very difficult to address. Mm -hmm. You know, this maybe is a, a little bit of a, a devil's advocate question, as they say, then, then why continue to, to push the issues if it's kind of in this cycle perpetually? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm at a stage in my career where I really don't care if my mother is my only reader. <laughs> and uh, so, it, and I must say also that while I can, well, it's very easy to do a Trump-related column that will get a large audience. You don't really feel as if you're changing anybody's mind on those pieces. And so when one writes about a hot-button issue, there's a lot of feedback, there's a lot of readership, but you don't really feel as if you're changing anybody's mind. On the other hand, I do think that our greatest influence as journalists is not so much changing minds, but it's projecting an issue on the agenda. And 
so that's uh, you know that that's where a spotlight on social injustices uh, is helpful. You know, but boy, it's frustrating. Um, I'm just trying to organize a trip now, looking at reproductive health and Title X, which is the main federal program. Money for it has gone down by about three quarters in real terms since the program was founded. A new rule is about to go in effect May 3rd, which will gut many uh, Title X clinics. And, you know, meanwhile, uh, American girls, as far as we can tell, have sex at about the same rate as European uh, girls, but uh, have babies three times as often. And that's because... American kids have less access to good uh, sex education and less access to reliable, uh, long-acting uh, contraceptives. And, I mean, these are, these are policy problems, but it's just really hard to get people engaged on them. So uh, other than your mother, <laughs> um, because of all of what you said about the difficulty to kind of move the needle as a journalist, who do you hope um, will read what you write about these particular things. You just talked about reproductive education, for example. Who do you hope is reading these and how they can perhaps uh, parlay into the work that a WCA or other advocates in community are, are what they're doing? So I don't just want to preach to the choir. I think that's the, uh, that's a, uh, a, you know, a general risk. And so I do want to um, move people to realize that these social challenges are not hopeless. I think that there are a fair number of kind of well-meaning Americans who think that uh, it's too bad about child poverty, but that's just the way it works. There's not much we can do. And in fact, you know, so I, I do try to make the point that we do have policy tools. The problem is really lack of political will. Um, and that's kind of reaching, that's trying to drag people into these stories by providing, you know, good narratives, interesting characters, by going to the scene. Uh, and also I work with TV documentaries, uh, work with celebrities because they can sometimes bring in an audience. And so kind of anything I can do to try to bring in people who don't have an intrinsic interest in these issues and try to draw them in, which is somewhat the same as WCA right. is doing. I was going to say, yes, it's a very, very similar challenge in, in, in hearing how you're speaking in terms of journalism and getting people engaged who just naturally um, may not be a subject that they're familiar with. And for us as an advocacy organization, we struggle very much with the same things. We, we have those people, as you said, sort of the choir who get it, who come along, but we always need to increase that. We're trying to increase the constituents here in Westchester County and in New York State who are going to demand from our elected officials that they keep kids at the top of the public agenda, but that their budget reflects it so that the money and the policies that we all say we want for kids, is this really happening? Um, a big piece of WCA's work is data. Um, and we often find that we can start a conversation, particularly if there are people that may not be familiar with a subject matter, to say, well, look at the data here in Westchester um, County of who's graduating on four years, who's not, who's being you know, suspended from school, who's dropping out from school, who is homeless in, in the larger, broader sense of that um, conversation. And 
I have found over the years that when you start with the data, one, you're sort of removing it, so it's sort of just the facts. Um, but people do learn and say, oh, I, I had no idea that kind of down the road for me. Um, Westchester County is made up of 40 different school districts, as I said before, very diverse. Um, and so when you're able to, to show people maybe what's happening down the road um, that they were not familiar with, for some people that is um, eye-opening and they may want to learn more. Other people, you're not going to get everyone. That's what we, we know as well. Um, but I do think that we have to educate. We have to um, sort of raise awareness on the issues. As an advocacy organization, we try to make it as simple as possible for people to do that advocacy, whether they're making a call to an elected official. We have a um, what we call one-click advocacy, everything's online now and digital, so that you just put in your name and address and an email can go to your elected official in terms of rallying at the county level around budget time, again, trying to give people the information they need, um, making access easy. And and that, I think, is, is a piece that here in Westchester, in the state, or even in this country, that people, I think, don't also realize how easy it is to access. And, and you do a lot of global work, so you, I'm sure you understand that and know that difference. But you can call your um, county board of legislator, make an appointment, go in and see and talk to them about what's important to you. And, and we hope it certainly is issues around children so that the county is supporting um, after-school programs for children with, with county tax levy dollars. Um, that one of the, the big projects, and, and Erica, you uh, mentioned this in terms of our new investigation into child homelessness here in the county. And we're taking that a step further in our investigation of looking at the, there's many different definitions of how you define homelessness. But if you use the broader definition that says if a child or a family is in a doubled up or tripled up situation, they are homeless also. They, they, they are not, you know, in a dwelling that's made for, um, they're in a single family dwelling and there's two or three families. And what that does for a young person in terms of the inconsistencies of, of not feeling secure, um, and then we want kids to get up in the morning and go to school and learn. Um, so that's a new piece that, that we're working on it and hoping that um, we can engage people, as you said, starting with the individual stories and a lot of the work that um, Erica and others in our office are doing around how do we share the individual stories that maybe tug at people's heart a little bit to get them started, but then move them to that larger systemic piece of policy change and budget change. And um, not easy, but it, it's great when we, we have partners and that there are things in the news and articles written um, by journalists like yourself can, can really help us in that conversation. Yeah, and I, I think it's really about bridging those gaps, right, mm -hmm. um, of experience, of um, information. And I do feel that there there are things that can happen in the advocacy nonprofit world that are bridged by someone telling a story about someone going through homelessness or about stories of families. We're talking offline about foster families. We know we've heard stories at WCA of the challenges that, that foster parents go through and how to navigate through systems. But if someone were to tell their story or if they were able to tell their own story, then maybe they find people who have the answers. And so I, I wanna go back to you, Nicholas, because we were also talking off of line about where you've lived before you landed in Westchester County. And I, I want to get you just your impressions as now being 
a resident here for um, for quite some time now. In some ways, Westchester County is the perfect example of a great story that if we dig a little deeper, we start to unravel some things that are, are very challenging to very specific groups of Westchester County residents. And I'm, I'm curious, your takeaways from, again, being a journalist, being able to experience poverty, education throughout the world to coming to Westchester, what were some of your initial impressions? Um, well, Westchester is um, in some ways a reflection of the challenges that the country as a whole has faced, and uh, there are some things that work extraordinarily well in Westchester. Some of the country's best school districts are in Westchester, and uh, there are some extremely wealthy professionals in uh, Westchester who, uh, I mean, there's tremendous, uh, tremendous wealth in this county, and there's also tremendous poverty. And I think that one of the um, fundamental inequities in America's structure is education finance and the fact that um, we have local school districts who are paying for their local schools and the result is you have islands of affluence and you have islands of poverty and in general I mean the truth is that kids in very well-off households are often getting pushed. They have role models. Um, they would actually, in many cases, do just fine if they went to the weaker schools. In contrast, the kids in the weaker schools may be less likely to have those role models, less likely to get those extra investments in summer school and uh, piano lessons and everything else. And so for them, that classroom setting is is absolutely imperative. And they're, in fact, the ones that don't get. In the US, in almost every other advanced country in the world, disadvantaged kids get more education spending to support them. In the U.S., it's, uh, it's the reverse. And I think Westchester is very much a uh, reflection of that. The kids in this county who most need help um, often don't get it. And those who least need help get it showered upon them. You know, and that's difficult for us to hear as advocates, but I think uh, Peak Skill is a perfect example of of finding both of those things, where Peak Skill through New York State had uh, several, as I understand, years worth of money owed to them that, that just arrived. Um, so they're working on a, on a deficit uh, for their educational system, but even still finding ways to provide universal meals for their school system. So Allison, where do you find the balance in advocacy from your experience in being able to uplift what a peak skill does well, but and knowing that, you know, across the world, that's seen as universal meals, that's that's a luxury, mm-hmm. while also knowing that there are places, not just peak skill, um, that are still not getting everything either pro- that they were promised or that they need to be successful. I think as advocates, it's really our work to uplift those communities, as you said, that are not getting what they need. Um, And it's not because we don't have it in this country or in this state or in this county, but it's not been a priority. It's it's often those who who have the most that seem to get the most, as I think you said um, something similar, Nicholas. And so for us, we try to... um, 
remind and educate. I'm thinking of the project that you're involved with, Erica, our collective impact, where our goal is to see every child in Westchester succeed regardless of race or zip code. And so we've talked, you know, social economic and what our different municipalities, what resources they have. I think with the changing demographics in a county like Westchester, we also have to think about race and ethnicity um, and how that plays out in a young person's life. At WCA, we've done a lot of work in the past several years around um, youth justice and all of us around the table know that African-American boys are more involved in the justice system from the arrest of law enforcement into incarceration. And it's not that um, these young people are, are doing anything different than anyone else. We know that all young people um, can make mistakes, can have involvement, but it's, um, you know, who comes to their rescue, basically. And if you have families that are able to provide private resources for a young person, as opposed to someone who has to depend on the public system, the outcomes are going to be different. And so our work as advocates is to, to shore up that public system as much as we can to ensure that um, all young people are given second chances um, and that they have opportunities, which we said sort of at the top of this podcast, it it's really is about the opportunities. And in a county like Westchester, I think there isn't any reason why we can't give all our young people, regardless of race or zip code, the opportunities that they need to succeed. Yes, and we're going to start wrapping up. But Nicholas, you'll be joining us, WCA, next month at our benefit dinner. You're one of our honorees. We're very excited to have you. Um, And I want to go off of something that Allison just reminded us and that you also reminded us that there is opportunity in every child regardless of circumstance and as we prepare for for that benefit dinner I am curious to get your thoughts just on things that you'd like to see Westchester County in particular having raised your family here your children here what are some opportunities that maybe we just haven't shed enough light on here in Westchester County Um, it seems to me more and more that the countries, the reason the countries had so much difficulty making progress against some of the historic challenges we've had, poverty, uh, education failure, and so on, is that we don't start early enough. And, uh, and you know, look, 2% of American kids are born with fetal alcohol um, spectrum effects. Those kids at birth are challenged. Uh, um a significant number have challenges with with uh, drugs. I mean, they, they arrive with uh, with addictions, and uh, and then uh, in early childhood, uh, we're learning more about toxic stress and uh, challenges. Grow, children growing up in very in, in disruptive, chaotic settings uh, that result in more cortisol on the brain, affecting brain development. And, you know, there's no magic wand we can wave to address these, but we do have a better understanding of how to begin to to make progress and, uh, you know, helping at-risk young women who don't want to get pregnant not get pregnant is a useful start. Treating, uh, helping people uh, uh, treat drug issues is important. It's It's... Horrifying that only 10% of Americans who uh, have substance use problems get get good professional help, and instead, 
very often they're, they've been tossed in jail instead, which is not a way to help them or help their families. Um, so, I mean, there are real challenges with globalization, with automation, um, but other countries have managed those challenges much better than we have. And I think that we can learn from those experiences uh, and that the upshot will be not only will benefit not only those kids at risk, but will benefit our entire country. Yes, absolutely. Starting early, and Allison, you know very well as WCA comes off of a Vision Zero to Three conference and the the report that followed it, that early education is definitely a part of the conversation that we've had here on this podcast and continue to have in Westchester County. So if that's one of the, the areas to shed the light, Allison, who are some of the people that are working along WCA to really lift that as one of the things that we can make an impact on in Westchester County? Right. So um, the way that WCA works on really all of our issues often is with work groups and coalitions. And so we have had for the past several years a home visiting coalition, which we're expanding to say home visiting and, and early childhood supports because home visiting is a particular model, a best practice that we know can make um, real changes in a, in a person's life. But we also need um, the pediatric health care piece. We need, Nicholas, you mentioned in terms of perhaps mental health health supports that a parent may need to help them be a better parent, um, as well as early literacy for um, for a young person. And so all of this will help them get off to a start. So at our um, home visiting, we have certainly our direct service agencies around t- uh, the table, like Andres, like Westchester Jewish Community Services, the Lower Hudson Valley Perinatal um, Network, county departments of health and social services and community mental health, because it takes all of us around the table and WCA um, as the advocate to really push for that change that we've been speaking about, I think, recently. And we see our role as convener, as advocate, um, as the one that's going to sort of push the envelope a little bit, because those that are doing the direct service, that's what they're doing. They're, they're on that front line um, and have tremendous amount of respect for them. But trying to, as the advocate, sort of look down the road to say, look down the road to say, what can we be doing better? And I think learning, you mentioned that, Nicholas, too, there are a lot of examples out there um, around the country, but also internationally, that are doing things better for children and families. And I think we have to learn from those and advocate to bring as many of that here home to Westchester. Yes, absolutely. And then we'll close again with something that you wrote about Tani and his family. And you say that in your piece, Tani is a reminder that refugees enrich this nation and that talent is universal, even if opportunity is not. And by you being able to say some of that, Nicholas, in your writing and joining us here on Ground Truthing, that allows us then to bring that and champion that message with those who are doing the work, just as uh, Allison mentioned, but hopefully also for those who are listening and reading to show how they can plug in. And so that $200,000, right, that GoFundMe that Tani's family gets, that doesn't just become a one-off charity. It's not volunteers and donors building bridges, as you said, but us really acting as a community. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for spending some time with us this morning. Well, thanks for spreading that opportunity. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Ground Truthing. We want to thank Nicholas Kristoff and Allison Lake for joining our show. They offered great insight into the relationship between journalism and advocacy and what we can do every day in Westchester to support children. You can hear both speak at the 2019 WCA Spring Benefit May 21st at the Surf Club in New Rochelle. Along with Kristoff, WCA will be honoring Karen Blumenthal and PCSB Bank. Karen will receive our Lifetime Achievement Award for her work as a policy advocate at Student Advocacy. She is also the founder of the Cornell University Blumenthal Internship. PCSB Bank will receive WCA's Corporate Children's Champion Award. PCSB Bank has been a strong community partner of nonprofit organizations like WCA, as demonstrated by its commitment to our Take the Kids initiative. Join us for an evening of fun, as well as to celebrate Nicholas, Karen, PCSB Bank, and all of our supporters who make our work possible. You can follow Nicholas Kristoff on social media at Nick Kristoff and Allison Lake at Allison underscore WCA. To comment on this podcast, tweet hashtag WCA podcast to at WCA for kids. Ground Truthing is a Westchester Children's Association production. The show is edited by the great Eloise Sherrod and original music is composed by Al Sanic.